The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back. Another hot episode of HBCU Always Your Boy Poobay. I got my man Aunt Betty Murphy in the building. What's good, my boy? Another day, bro. Another day. Uh, yeah, it is. Another day. Um, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. That's what the swag was singing this weekend. That's how they were feeling. <laughs> Don't save us. We don't want to be safe. But now nah. it's been some uh it's been some interesting social media <laughs> these past few days, man. It's been uh yeah, man. Entertaining for sure. It's definitely been entertaining, man. Um I watched the game. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was I was kind of handling some business and trying to watch the game at the same time. And um yeah, when I looked and I saw seven nothing, I said, "Oh, I said, how came you to play today?" And I looked back and it was fourteen nothing. I cut the phone off. I was like, hey. "I was like, I'll come back. I'll come back." I was like, "Oh man," I was like, "Um, I don't mind being wrong. I just don't want to be that wrong." You don't want to be embarrassed, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but nah, man, it, it was it was a great game. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna talk about it. Uh. We do have a special guest going to be joining us um, in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, Coach Don Thornton, uh, the head head lady in charge of the UAPB um, Lady Lions. You know what I'm saying? Definitely going to be joining. Looking forward to this interview. Uh, see, we got, we got family in the building. Cousin Nick in the building. Our poor friend. <laughs> Oh, poor Erica. Thousand, thousand press. I was I I I felt bad because Erica posted a picture. <laughs> Erica posted a picture after the game. And it's like she all all she saw was the, you know, some smiles and stuff for like and then after the game, she just had a picture. And she was still smiling, but you could see it just left her. I was just the like pain. Yeah, I was like, man, get her a drink quick. Ace out. Smiling through the pain, huh? Where's the Chardonnay when you need it? Where's the Chardonnay? You gotta take care of my friend, man. Um, D Lob in the building. What's good, D Lob? Um, yeah, like I said, man, we definitely, definitely gotta talk. Um, talk about this game real quick before we get started. And um, <laughs> they, bought, they bought me so many drinks. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Don't even remember Saturday. So. 
Let's go ahead and get started, man. Y'all know what we got to do. We got to give a shout-out to our sponsor over at BetOnline. BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in one minute. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, we are back. Um man, let's jump into this game real quick. Uh I want to I want to make sure we we hit on all the key points before uh Coach Thornton getting here. Um the game. Um like I said, Howard jumped out early um and early, I will say early and often, but they jumped out early. Um stayed the course. Howard looked good. Mhm. I would look really good coming into this game. Uh, Fam did look a little shell shock, but um, I said on Thursday, man, twenty-seven twenty-four. Fam, was gonna come back in the in the in the fourth quarter to take the lead. And I just want to say, why did I say that? Why did I predict that? Um, our good friend Erica has said it. Um. And if you actually paid attention to watch how football, you one, if you watch how football, you wouldn't be surprised um, so much that they jumped out to the lead they did. Um, but you also wouldn't be surprised that they gave up the lead that they did, you know, say late in the fourth, that they kind of faltered. Um, that was the the Achilles heel for Howard most of the year. Uh, they would either get started late and, and kind of fizzle out in the in the fourth. Or they would get started fast and then fizzle out in the fourth, unfortunately. Um, they've been fortunate enough to survive the games they did. Um, but And they, Howard definitely got up for big games all season. Um, you can look at that against the FBS opponents that they played. You can look at that uh, against uh, the rivalry games, uh, the North Carolina Central game. So, yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> I think fam, you kind of helped Howard out early on in the game. I mean, Howard had got good field position to start, scored early. Then fam, you fumbles, gives them another good field position. You know what I mean? And so fam kind of self-inflicted, so to speak, early on in the game and gave let Howard get up to that early lead. But I think fam kind of settled in around that second quarter. And uh, they kind of – their defense really started kind of gelling. Their defense actually played pretty damn good. I think they uh they allowed a, a celebration bowl record low of uh, yards. I think they, mm-hmm. they took less than 200 yards to Howard. So, their defense kind of settled in and played well. Their offense kind of faltered early. We started kind of seeing some of the, the bad Jeremy Moose early on, but he kind of settled in himself. 
and offense as a whole kind of found their footing in in their second half. That kind of was the family we was used to seeing all season long. But I think that uh, coaching played a big part in this game. Also, I mm-hmm. think Willie Simmons did a good job of of kind of keeping the keeping the track and kind of staying on track with his offense and not not kind of getting getting away from who they really are offensively. And I think Howard kind of went away from who they were some and went away from the run later in that game more than they should have. And we've been saying it all year, Howard goes as Q Will goes. And in this game, he he didn't have his best game, especially late in that game. And I think they could have did a better job of kind of helping him out by relying on their run game a little bit more and not trying to put the ball in his hands as much. But ultimately, you got to tip your hat to FAMU and that defense, man. That uh, that defense came to play, bro. Three interceptions, also. I mean, you, you got to tip your cap to that uh, that dark cloud defense. Yeah. Um. Big shout out to um, uh, the kid from Howard who who I mean, beautiful pick that pick six at the end. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I it's just like just didn't see it coming, and he's I mean he just swooped in there. You know what I'm saying? Took that thing to the house. Um, and then you come back and you got the swag defensive player of the year. Um, Isaiah Majors gets the pick at the end to kind of seal the game. Uh, that was it, it was a it was like I said, it was a great game. Anybody, anybody who watched this game um and came away with it with uh I guess you could say slights to to either team. Um I don't know what you're watching, I don't know what you expect. Yeah. Could play have been better? Of course. There's always you can always improve play. But I've watched sloppy teams, or I'm sorry, I've watched good teams play sloppy when they've had these these been in these big moments. Um uh-oh. Okay. Hold on. All right. Hold on one second. Gotta get what's Thornton. I know I knew I should have made it easy for you, coach. My bad. Um, I put in the in the email. I, I forgot to put in the actual. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I think uh to your point though, I think you gotta be kind of satisfied with the uh, with the game as a fan, bro. You got a competitive game. Uh, you know, good back and forth pretty much the whole game. Never was really a blowout game. Never was really, you know, kind of – it was always in balance. You know what I mean? Like, you never really knew who was going to pull it out to the ultimate, to the end. So, as a fan, that's all you can really ask for in a game of that magnitude. Correct. I, I completely agree. Um, Willie Simmons, for all the, the criticism he's taken – um, the things he's done, a flea flicker, yeah. At that point in the game, is probably that is you know that was just about as wild as kicking an onside kick in the Super Bowl to start the half. Yeah, but I mean, but that's kind of fam. You've been that's who fam you is though, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that's what we've kind of seen from them all year. You know what I mean? They're not afraid to to take that chance offensively. They'll put the ball in Moose's hand, and they trust him to make those plays. And that's what a hell of a play by him too on that flea flicker though, because the oh yeah, it the was pitch awful. back wasn't you know exactly the perfect pitch, and he kind of had to slide to the right a little bit to catch it. But I mean, like, like you say though, that play call right there, it took some uh, took some guts to make that call. But 
that just goes to show, you know, in a in a game of that magnitude, you gotta be, a, you know, gotta be willing to take those chances. Yeah, give me one sec. I'm gonna send this. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I send send this Scared email. Money. Scared money don't make no money, ain't that what they say? Everything. But yeah, completely agree. Uh, man, what a like I said, we we have to. If you look back at it, I've been I've been thinking, um, the last what three four celebration bowls have been one possession games or or, or less. It's the only one that that wasn't was the twenty twenty one that I can think of, and yeah. you gotta just enjoy, you know the greatness of of, of football. Period, man, and and. To start bowl season off, to have you know, saying always have these teams play as well as they do, it's amazing. Um, Coach Thorne, hold on, I'm gonna put it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put it in here. I'm gonna put it, put the link in here as well. So, anyway, yeah. Coach, uh, and to, and to think that people don't want this game to happen. Mm, yeah, people, people are wanting. Um, <laughs> they want to see. This game happened via um, just the playoff game and stuff. Nah, let, give me oh, Celebration Bowl. Um, everything I've seen, give me Celebration Bowl. Hold on, man. I'm trying to make sure I get, get coach right. But uh, you got anything else on the celebration bowl, man? Before we we move on, no, that's all I got, bro. Um, all right. Um, again, congratulations to 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 FAMU. Um, on a, a season well done, um, uh, a well played game. Um, <laughs> Coach Nick said, treat Coach like family. Oh, definitely, most definitely, most definitely. Um. Not just that. I do want to. I want to say this because you know I'm, I got to pick a little bit. The fam, you say the swag. I mean, depending <laughs> on who you ask, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you heard your boy Jay Howard during the game talking about some. He kept repeating the record, kept saying over and over the record, and at the end of the game, mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, it's finally six and two now." But you know, you know me personally, I was fine with Gremlin being the only school in the SWAC to have won the yeah. celebration bowl. So that would have been fine with me if it would have stayed that way. So, but I guess technically, yeah, they they kind of restored the reputation a little bit for the SWAC. But the SWAC two and zero this year in both the MEAC Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. So, That's did they true. really save them necessarily? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, man, we got a, we got a special guest. We got a special guest. We've been looking, like I said, I've been looking forward to it. Um, here we go. Gotta bring to the stage none other than the head women's basketball coach for Arkansas Pine Bluff. None other than the coach Don Thornton. Thank you, coach, for joining us. How are you doing this evening? Uh I am great. Thank you. So much for having me. I was downstairs supporting our men. They're playing right now. So um, I'm upstairs in my office and I'm doing good. How are you today? Oh, we are great. 
Excellent. Thank you for uh for joining us. Uh I appreciate you for answering back and, and getting with us. I apologize. I did not some told me earlier, I said, you know what? Let me send the email and put the link in the email because I put it in the, the calendar, but I didn't send it. Good. So I apologize for that. But I'm glad we could we were able to get that fixed, All get right. you on. Yeah, I'm fired. No problem. I'm Thank you. No, you he's not fired. Fire. No, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate you though. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Coach, um, I want to start here. Coaches always tell us if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So if you stay fly, you ain't got to get fly, right? Because you always dressing <laughs> on that sideline. So tell us about it. Like, how do you just, you know, saying so when you get ready to go into a game, do you just say, you know what, I'm 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 gonna hook it up today? You know, I think at, at, at some point a few years ago, it was kind of like, you know, whatever it is that you know what's safe to wear, but. But as things are starting to trend now with, with kids wanting to be more um, open and, and loving to express themselves, you know, I want them to be able to understand that um, as a strong Black woman, um, the way you represent yourself is everything. Um, but the way that you want to represent yourself is everything also. Now we're, you're hearing more about the brand and branding and things like that. So, you know, that's just my brand. It just goes along with the territory. It's Diva Coach. That's who I am. And, I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's just what it is. I can get with it, Coach. I can get with it. Uh, your schedule so far this year, Coach, you have uh, you haven't been afraid to play the quote-unquote Power 5 schools and things of that nature. And uh, we've seen it pay off, you know, recently with the win over Arkansas. What was going – like, what went through your mind when you were making that scheduling – was it just you taking on whoever willing to play you, or did you have it on your mind to face some of these teams to try to get you prepared for conference play? Well, to be honest with you, um, I thought that um, you know most time most times uh, coaches, head coaches, allow their assistant coaches to do mm-hmm. scheduling. Um, however, uh, I did my own scheduling this year. I thought that um, my roster matched um, all of the teams that we played so far. Thus far, I thought that on paper. Uh, we aligned with our opponents very, very well. Um, the most challenging thing is what I wanted to do was throw us out kind of to the dogs, so they say, early. Um, we spent the whole summer with each other, really um, working on our weaknesses, things that we we fell short at last year. And I thought that that was going to give us an opportunity to see the fruit of our labor of, you know, what that looked like from, from the the hard work and everything that we did this summer. So if we got it right, then I knew that we were going to be able to compete. If we didn't get it right, I knew that we had a long way to go. And what I've seen in our team um, in playing such a, a tough preseason schedule is I think we got it right. Um, and it was just only, it was only a matter of time for us to continue to play these power five schools that we played so closely, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think lost to Oregon State by like yep. nine or seven or something. Right. And then uh, less than 10 by Mississippi State, who was rock, rock, ranked top 25 in the country at the time. I thought that, you know, that was going to give us a true testament of our hard work. But um, but I, one thing about my team, they don't like to lose. And um, and I knew that eventually if we just kept chopping wood, we will be, we will be able to take on somebody and be able to get a win. Coach, um, winning big games isn't new to you. Looking back over your career, uh, it again, doesn't matter who you're facing, they're going to get the best. Um, but this Arkansas win was historic. Uh, first one in, in 
you know, what well, first time in program history beating Arkansas. Um, but what made this this game so different? What made it special for for your ladies? Um, we have a fairly new team, kinda. So our young ladies that played that had success last year, um, I brought in eleven new players. I'm sorry, thirteen new players, eleven transfers last year. Brand new team. Um, you know, and they were able to see some success. But when you add Zay Green, Karina Carter, and you return Kayla Walker to your roster, um, things look a little different for you. And for us, you know, us learning each other and really embracing what this new team looks like has been really special. This group has bought in to what we want to do, um, what we're trying to do. They want to make history. They want to leave a legacy. They understand what that looks like. We you know I was in practice yesterday and I was telling them, you know, how monumental this game would be for us on Thursday playing versus mm -hmm. Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, you get you you're able to get another uh, another power five win. You get a 13 seed going into the NCAA tournament. You don't play the play-in game. But not only that, um, you know, with the type of team that we have, you get a 13 seed and you can move past the first round of the NCAA tournament. You're the first to ever do it. On you know on the HBCU side in the swag. So guess what? The the documentary, the 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 stories, the write-ups are about you. You yeah. wanted to leave your legacy. That's what's important. That's what we work at every single day. We want to leave a legacy and make history. And my team 100% gets that. And that's their work ethic and practice every day. You mentioned uh Zay Green. That, that was gonna be my next question. Boy, I love him. I love him. What is it like coaching a player like that who can pretty much do it all? She can drop 20 on you, she can get a double double, she can score from pretty much anywhere on the court. Like, how big of a luxury is that for you to have a player of that caliber? Well, one thing about it, I don't think that she's getting the flowers that she deserves. I've I've spoken Agreed. with several several WNBA teams about her already. Um, we actually have a team that's coming out on Thursday to the game to watch her play. They're going to fly in and okay. watch her play. Um, and as they all have said, she is matching the mold of what that new player looks like. You know, Zay is a three-level scorer. She can play the one through four. She can put the ball on the floor. She, she can create a shot. She can get her other teammates involved. Hell, one game we had, she had 16 assists. 16 assists, you know. So this kid uh, is high major, high level for sure. She would have been top 25 in the country um, if she was at a power five school. But I don't think that we um, as a whole, as a culture, embrace, um, embrace when you have those special type of players. You know, we're doing all that we can to help Zay and to be able to put her on the platform that she so well deserves. Um, but when you have a player like that, it kind of makes your job a little easier. One thing about it is she'll have 20 points every single night. Yeah. And, I mean, she can go on – when we play SMU, she goes on an 8-0 run by herself. We play in North Texas, a 10-0 run by herself. The girl is phenomenal. And um, I hope that she can be – she's projected right now on boards to go second-round draft. She wants to go first-round draft. Um, and I think that she still understands what that looks like, and she still continues to put the work in. The kid, 
get shots up before practice with her position coach. She goes to practice. She goes to weights. And guess what she does after that? Put shots up with another coach after that. So, like, that's what pros do. That's how, that's her work ethic. And and we we, we we just continue to build her up. Yeah. Coach, um, we've, we've touched on the, the big games this season. We've talked about the, the games uh, throughout your career. Um, but what is the biggest moment in – your opinion in your coaching career so far? Um, you know, winning the championship by by you know, you know, I think that that's hands down. Um, I worked three years as an assistant with Toya Wilson, now now the head women's basketball coach at SMU at Prairie View, and um, I worked three years there. We won three championship three championships at Prairie View, and I was promoted to. Uh, interim head coach in my fourth season at Prairie View and I started the season off 0 and 11 where a true story for those who are listening because you know there may be some young upcoming coaches that may hear me say this um, I started doubting myself I started saying that you know what maybe I wasn't ready to be a head coach maybe you know the things that I said that I wanted to do maybe it's not my time to do it and I started doubting myself um, because you know you start listening to the noise you start listening to fans not supporters and I just started second guessing myself a lot. And I prayed about it one day and I sat down and I talked to my assistant coach, Coach Tron Griffin. And, you know, the 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 nice uh, the nice way for me to say it, I was like, you know, bump that, block out the noise, make the adjustments that you need to make as a head coach. You're trying to be a, a dribble drive team. Well, guess what? You got kids that can't handle the ball. So look, this is what you need to do. You know, Dawn, you know what to do. You need to go in a half court set, run an offense. So I'm saying all that to say, is that after starting off a season of going 0-11, at some point I looked myself in the mirror, made the adjustments that I needed to make as a head coach, meeting with my staff, and just things started clicking. And the kids bought in, and we just went on a rapid rampage like fire. We won a championship that year after starting off 0-11. Um, I got HBCU Head Coach of the Year um, by HBCU Digest. And I think that that right there was the was the the stamp of approval saying, hey, you know what? Sometimes you just have to adjust your sale. You never start to um, second guessing or doubting yourself, but just believe that, you know, you're called to do a job. You have a gift. This is my spiritual gift that I think that God has blessed me with to be able to inspire, serve and motivate young women. And it just rolled from there. So that it felt really good. So I think it would be my first championship in 2014. Yeah, what God got for you is for you, and nobody else take it away. Very right. true. But uh, you, you mentioned Coach Wilson. Uh, y'all ate PB together. What was it like for you going to SMU and beating her in the matchup earlier this year? That had to be big for you. Well, I'm going to say this, and I ain't going to like, you know, <laughs> it felt good. You know, because, <laughs> because, you know, but I'm going to say this, you know, she, we played SMU three years. Yeah. And, right. and, and our roster, I mean, I think the first year we lost by 10. And then that last year we lost by like seven or eight or something like that. And it felt good to be able to finally say, you know what, we match up with you and, and we're going to work hard and we're going to give you something to 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 really, um, you know, we're going to make this a competitive game. So it felt good. No, I love Toya. I have a lot of love for her. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Um, but you know, hey, she up on me. She two and one right now. So I'm glad to have my one and not be uh 0 and three right now. I heard that coach. You get your you're tied up next year. Uh, 
You know what? Maybe hopefully she'll play me. <laughs> I know that feeling because my uh my son, he's seven. And I told Ant this story. Uh we've played Madden and stuff, and I used to always beat him. And one day we were playing and he beat me, and it was he legit beat me. That was the last time I played him. I'm not letting him play me again. You can't play him no more. He's no. seven and beat you. Come on no. now. No. no. Come on. He was like, it, it, what made it worse? He said, you did okay, daddy. I was like, no, nope, nope. I'm done. I'm done. Um, one thing about it, baby, babies and old people, they always tell the truth. So he told yeah. you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Uh, you mentioned kind of your start. What pushed you into coaching? Um, I knew that I wanted to be um, – a coach since I was in the seventh grade. Um, it was oh, just wow. been my inspiration my whole life. I didn't want to do anything else. I wasn't interested in anything else. Um, I knew I had to go to school. I probably shouldn't say this, but I knew I just had to go to class and go to school and pass and, and just do the bare minimum. Because when I get out of college, I'm going to be a basketball coach. And so um, I did well, too. I graduated with honors. Now, let's lie. You know, but I didn't like school at all. I'm going to just say that. Um, but I knew that it was a part of what I had to do. Um, I just right. I've known my whole life that that the that this is something that was a calling to me um, because I can see how my coaches impacted the lives of my teammates as well as myself, and I wanted to be able to have that same impact. I also had some coaches that I wasn't too fond of, you know, right. um, and I know how that felt as an athlete and. I wanted to be able to be something different to my players. And that's kind of what just pushed me. I know some days I'm like, ah, oh, this new generation, these kids, they driving me crazy. But then I was like, I tell myself all the time, I don't want to pick up the phone and say, thank you for calling Marriott. I'm at Dirk <laughs> <laughs> and I say that, at least, listen, with my team right now today, I say that to my coaches at least every two weeks. Listen, we could be saying, thank you for calling Marriott. How many out there are going to call it? It ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. <laughs> so your, your husband is also a coach. And we, you obviously know how the coaching profession can be. How is it on, on y'all's family dynamic having both of y'all in the profession with, with all of the, 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 the demands and rigors that come with the profession? I think the good thing about it is uh, when you start dating a coach, you kind of already understand um, the odds and ends of what the job entails, what that looks like, um, the commitment, the sacrifices that you have to have as a coach. Um, and so we went through that when we first met back in 2015 and, and we understood that. I think the biggest sacrifice is understanding the distance. But um, our son gets it. It's like dad has to go to work so he can take care and provide for the family. And this is what he does. He's a, bas a football coach and he's great at it. Mommy coaches basketball. And this is what she does. And I think he gets the best of both worlds. He doesn't process not really like living in the same house. He knows when it's football season, we go and support dad. Yeah. And when it's basketball season, I can jump on the bus and ride out with my mom. So he's he's getting the best of both worlds. And the crazy part about it is he like, because I let him sit on the bench with me. His dad didn't have it like I have it. I let, he's like, Ma, at timeout, Ma, can I drop a play? Ma, Ma. I said, Camden, we was playing Arkansas. And he's like, Ma, I'm ready to draw my play. I was like, well, not this game, Cam. Not this one. Maybe when we play Arkansas College of, you know, Latter-day Saints. But not this one, Cam. Not today. So he gets it. And I think that he's getting that itch to be a coach, too, now. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 
That's funny you say that. Um, because uh, who was that? Coach Molden from um Central did that. Let his son drop a play, and they scored on it. Yeah, so <laughs> I can. So we, we, but uh, but I think what happened is um, when two years ago we were playing Alcorn. Camden did drop a play at halftime versus the Alcorn game, but he's seven, so he was just five, and it didn't make sense. Yeah. But you know, he just knew what players to pass the ball to. He knew how to draw it, draw it up. It didn't really make sense, but he knew who he wanted to shoot the ball. So it's a beautiful <laughs> thing to be able to work yeah. in an environment where you can have your kids there. Yeah. And that's what we're rolling. You know, that's the type of day in Asia we're in right now. So, you know, it, it feels good to have that around. Yeah. Um, Miss Nikki, she's one of our, our she's a family member, basically. Uh, but she's a UAPB alum. She said we can truly see that as alumni, she loves her kids. She cooks for them. She is very successful at recruiting and at getting recruits to come to UAB, UAPB. That normally would not. So, yeah, definitely. Correct. I love Miss Nikki. You be throwing down for your players? Let me tell you, I got to get up in the morning at 7 o'clock and cook for 30 people tomorrow at my house. So, let me tell you. Yeah. First off, I do throw down for the record. But yeah, you know, I I I definitely do it up for them, and they and they're gonna I'm gonna cook Christmas dinner for them tomorrow. Oh, that's okay. dope. That's dope. That is that is. Um, as a I guess this got kind of goes along with with Aunt's question about being you know in a, a coaching family. Um, what is one of your biggest challenges? My biggest challenge is, um managing uh or time management of my son and his needs mm. um you know homework where you know you need to be able to sit down and do homework with your son see we get up and we practice at 6 a.m so i'm usually up at five and i and i get home after i pick him up for after school care like 5 30 in the afternoon so it's really like eat take a shower do homework but i'm really tired at that point so I think that that's been some of some of the biggest struggles is is just really making sure that he has the things that he needs. Um, but it's been a blessing because he goes to a great school. Said comes in when he is not playing, or um, Coach Jackson did a phenomenal job. Coach McNair at Alcorn, they all his head coaches have always been so supportive of the dynamics of the family and being able to allow us. To, to make our norm their norm. And so it's been great. It's been, that's been, been, been pretty, um, been pretty solid knowing that you, that he works for people that support what we do. But I think the biggest thing is just the time management piece. It's like, you never have enough time in a day to do the things that you need to do. I understand. Uh, so, somebody in the comments, they, they, they got a suggestion that might help with that time management. Um, they say, Lonzo Hampton need to find a way to get Cedric Thornton on style. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Next question. <laughs> I stay in my lane. I stay in my lane. All right, Coach. Uh, I'm a unapologetically one of the biggest women's basketball fans that I know. Um, and I get made fun of a lot for it, but I don't care. But the, the game right now is, is kind of growing from both the college standpoint, the WNBA standpoint. From somebody who's in the game, how does it feel to kind of see the sport evolving and growing and becoming more popular? You know, it feels good. I think social media is playing a bigger part on that now than it's been. I think the game has always been um, great. You know, I think it's always been competitive. I'm a product of an HBCU, and I thought that the type of basketball that we played in 2002 is just as good as the type of basketball we have right now. 
Um, but you have so many other platforms that's able to highlight these, you know, the new generation of kids, uh, which is a great thing. Um, I just think that, um, you know, coaches have to be more patient, uh, you know, with the portal now uh, being as fluid as it is. It has changed college basketball on the men's and women's side. You know, we're talking about power five, mid-major, mid-high, all this. Everybody is the same. It's it's all even it's all it's all even even playing field right now. So, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing because back in the day, you know, you didn't you had to transfer, you had to sit out regardless, and you gotta have this. And you, it's so many limitations on student athletes. And I think that now um it's helping the kids be more um be more I think like just being able to be themselves, you know, like um, it's a beautiful thing. Like you have to, and, and for me and the type of kids that I recruit, I don't recruit kids that play in boxes. Mm. And I think that that's yeah. the reason why we are, are, are successful as we are now. You know, I mean, we've shot more than two. We play Ole Miss on Thursday. We've yeah. taken 225 more shots than Ole Miss. You know, and you can't, yeah, 225. And so, you know, you can't, you can't put players in a box as this new generation of kids. I mean, you think about Angel. Back in 2002, when I was playing basketball, I wish my, I would be pointing to my, my finger while the game going on. My coach will pull my ass out the game. Yeah. Why to get, like, you know, she'll call a timeout just to get me out. But I love that. I love that they're able to express themselves. The game is growing. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And I think it's giving the fans more excitement about women's basketball now. For sure. You grew up in the Monica Wright era. Why you got your hand up? Put your hand down. Come on. Yes, for <laughs> real. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about it. You said Monica Wright. I was like, who? Yeah, man. Hold I know. It, hold it up there. Yeah, hold it up there for the rest of practice. You see? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you got anything else for Coach Thornton? Because I, I know she got to get back down there to the team. On, cause I, listen. Just got, I just got one more question. You talked about brands earlier and how these days all the athletes are, you know, acknowledging their brand, they're aware of their brand, they're conscious of their brand and everything. As a coach, how do, how do you kind of help monitor that and not make it to where they're too focused on their brand and not on the game? Well, what's happened now is players are entrepreneurs. So they're their own business women, businessmen. Um, our compliance part department does a really great job of having conversations with them about um, making sure that they're making the right decisions and they're doing the things the right way. I don't monitor it. Okay. I don't I don't get involved in it at all. Maybe on the HBCU level, they don't even have enough NIL deals. You know, if I was to do a Sanders with a with a Porsche deal or or you know, uh, you know, yeah. I just I wear AirPod and now I got an Apple deal. That may be something completely different, but for our kids, our babies that's busting their butt every single day, they don't really have those problems as much as I'm sure that, you know, some of the elitist players may have in the country. Um, do I wish, I wish more companies and more, more brands would step up and support their very own. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But that's not my place to say it. We can't as coaches really like influence that one way or the other. Um, so I just, you know, they talk to them about making the right decisions. They get their parents to look over their deals. I think they just signed a big, uh, big NIL deal. That's going to drop real soon. Okay. That's going to shake the table. Let's go. Uh, so that should be coming out real soon. And, and I think she's going to be the first one to really scratch the surface of this type of deal that she has coming up. Um, and we're excited about that to celebrate that with her. But other than that, we haven't been able to, we haven't had any problems and tried to like manage that at all. 
I'm waiting on the diva coach to get a deal. I'm trying to see who's gonna sign me. <laughs> For real, I, I agree. Coach. I agree. Um, Coach Thornton, it has been an honor. Um, yeah. I do appreciate it. Uh, my dad is a old UAPB alum, so that was I. I was excited to let him know that hey, that's going to be you know we're going to have the latest coach on. Um, all the big wins, and I apologize. Um, I was pulling for y'all, North Texas, and I stopped watching the game to to walk away for some. Yeah, I I, I know, I know. Yeah, blame it's my, him, coach. Blame it him. Is, it's my fault. So I'm, you I'm the reason that there was a shift in the air. I knew it was something <laughs> last three four minutes. My prayer warriors left me. We're gonna I, I, be watching I'm, on Thursday though. Whenever y'all take the miss Coach Yodo, that's gonna be a joke. We talk every day on the phone. She got South Alabama tonight. I'm going to call her right after the game, too. She should be done playing. I'm going to call her tonight. We talk every day, though. Well, that is awesome. Coach, again, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to talking to you soon. I I, I should be. I've been looking at the schedule. I'm trying to plan this trip, you know, when when y'all come to uh, Huntsville. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So I hit you up. Thank you again for coming with um with us and talking with us, ladies and gentlemen. That was our very own Diva Coach. I'm an even bigger fan now, dog. Yeah, I uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to seeing how Thursday night. Yeah, we're gonna have to um January 29th, we're gonna have to do something about that because they play Graham, and I'm gonna be in the building for that one. I'm uh that's why I was looking. I was I'm I was literally was looking at the schedule trying to see when they play uh Alabama AM and I was hoping it was in, in uh Huntsville this year. Yeah, they February. were well, in February. February 19th. Yeah. In Huntsville. Yes, sir. Can we end the show there? Oh, oh no, nah, we gotta talk about something, my boy. Speaking of something, <laughs> speaking of something, you know, uh talk about we mentioned it. Grambling. Grambling got them a coach now. Yes, sir, they do. Hey, we should have invited Blue on for this. I agree. Oh, y'all. Y'all kept trying to force that Ed Reed shit on me. I told you. We would, listen, I would never force Ed Reed on you. But. Force the Ed Reed high. And you see the Lord don't like ugly. Yeah. Like ugly man, we got us. A, we got. Hey, us. that's who we should have invited on. What up, Mister Crowley? Yeah, he came in right. Hey, right on time. Right, right on, time. on time. Grambling got them a new head coach, y'all. Hallelujah, Mickey Joseph. Um, I put, I put. Listen, I, we posted on there when he was. You know, well, it was. You know, when they came, I said, "Hey, uh, Grambling's gonna be making an announcement." It started leaking who it was gonna be. We put it up there. That has probably been one of the the most viewed, reposted, talked about tweets ever that we've done. Oh, oh outside, I take that back. The the quarterback list still up there. <laughs> <laughs> quarterback list. I've been thinking about a list we're gonna do for next year too. We might rank rank bands. Or, I'm gonna nah, make people mad. I'm gonna do linebackers. Nope. <laughs> but nah. Man, I think for me, the most important thing was is you got a Louisiana guy who's been at Grambling before, 
who knows the state, who knows the culture. So that's been my biggest knock on Hugh. It wasn't him X's and O's on the field or nothing like that. It was the fit. You know what I mean? He wasn't a fit for grandma. And I think Mickey is a much better fit. I think he knows what is what it takes to be a G man and, and what what Grambling football is about. And I think you could tell from that based off his his press conference today when he said he's here to restore the uh the order and people should fear Grambling. You know what I mean? Like he he wants he was on five staff. You know what I mean? He he knows what a winning Grambling program is like. So I think that that's a great hire for Grambling when you look at it from that point, man. When you look at it from somebody who who knows what it takes to to win at Grambling? You know what I mean. I think much better than some of the other names we was hearing. Ain't nothing wrong with Ed Reed. Stop. Um, hey, nah, you, I'm serious. You had then. Nah, I'm serious. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, first of all, <laughs> no comment. Um, I I, I, I want to say I I'm so happy for Coach uh Coach Mickey. Um, everybody I know who's who's been around him. Um, loves him. Uh, shoot, Cardell Thomas. What he was, I, I, Cardell was not even 24 hours from you know, saying winning celebration bowl and was like, My guy, I love you, you know, saying congratulations. Um, just about every LSU football player I saw reposted was talking about how much they love him. Um, and uh, the, the, the guys who played for him at Graham showed up to press conference today you know what i mean like yeah. buy-in bro like you didn't see the you didn't see former players and alums and stuff buying in and, and, and supporting the hire when he was made like they have for mickey all right all right i i agree um now let, i, I want to touch on the elephant in the room <laughs> let's talk about his coaching style that he's going to bring around him because as great of a hire as mickey is um who he has on that staff is probably going to be the bigger, you know, um, the bigger or the key to, to everything. Um, it has been rumored. I've seen this circulated heavily. I don't know how true it is, but it has been rumored that the offensive coordinator would be one, Eric Dooley. I've heard that as well. In the ascots. I've heard that as well. Um, it makes sense when you consider that they, you know, both was together um, before. Um, so they know each other pretty well, I would assume. Um, it makes sense from that standpoint. I've also heard that uh, Simon might stay on staff. So, I mean. I, I think Simon is a guy that I'm not going to say you need to keep him as a guy. He's a key guy. I would, I would keep on staff. So I, I just, I just interested to see the, uh, the dynamic of the coaching staff as far as who's going to be what, because right now you got John Simons as your co-offensive coordinator. Is he going to keep that title or is he going to shift to a different title? So that right. that's just interesting to me how the dynamic plays out as far as who gets what position. Yeah. Um, Back to the 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 dually, um, the possibility of dually. If I was appreciated, uh, Doctor Caville, Doctor Bill said great interview. Um, if I were a one coach, Mickey Joseph, I would have really looked at getting or uh, keeping Coach Hull on staff. I don't know, you know, but it is is so I say I can say that as an outsider like, though. It's like. 
I I get why. Yeah. But like it's almost kind of redundant in a sense. Cause Tony Hall is a New Orleans guy, Mickey Joseph is a New Orleans guy. I get what if you bring saying. if you bring Dooley in, then you have your offensive guy like Tony Hall. You get what I'm saying? Like it's almost like you are everything Tony Hall does or would be great asset in for the coaching staff. You already kind of got a guy on staff with that same asset. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like it almost be redundant. I would love for them to keep Hall. I don't know how you would make it fit or make it work, but I mean he's a great offensive mind who you you know would be beneficial to that staff. I say, and, and I'll say this. Let me clarify. I say that as a outsider looking in. I understand now more about coaching and making coaching hires and staff hires and stuff. It's not a, it's putting a puzzle together. And now, not all the pieces are squares where you just line them up side by side. You have to have that fit. You have to have um, a, a alignment amongst thought, you know, is this a guy who is going to give me pushback? If I say, let's go for it on fourth, hey, coach, maybe not, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and I can trust him to say, hey, coach, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not I'm not cool with it. I don't think this is a good idea on, in this situation. And, you know what I'm saying? Or you're going to have a guy who's going to yes man you to death. You know what I'm saying? So it that's where I kind of um, – I, I, that's where I kind of look at it. You know, I, I really do think that – Dooley would be like you said, they worked together before. I think Dooley would be a good, you know, saying fit for an OC. Um, I know a lot of people how they talked about him as head coach, but but head coach and OC are two different things. Though. I know completely different, completely different. I've seen some great, some great uh offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators that were terrible head coaches. And I think like the knock on Dooley as a head coach was his quote unquote stubbornness as far as regarding the quarterback. Be but right. if he if he's not the head coach, he don't have to make that call on which quarterback to play. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So the, I mean, his biggest knock on him is something that wouldn't even be a factor with him being an offensive coordinator. Yeah, and then we know coming in, you've got a a, a quarterback. A quarterback. Exactly. exactly, you've got a quarterback. You that take at least alleviates that. Now, following up is going to be interesting. Now, um. I don't know because you may know um, you're a little bit closer to the situation I am. Um, if I, I'm reaching out, if, if if you do keep Johnson, I'm reaching out to Chalk. Hey, come back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> come back. You know, don't don't don't. You know, I understand, but come back. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting though because. For Graham, because you know, early signing day is Wednesday, they just hired a coach today, so you mm-hmm. can't really mm-hmm. expect a big high school recruiting class. Um, this at least not right now, not, yeah. at least not on the early signing day. But based off an interview he did today on a local radio show, Mickey Joseph seemed like he's the type of guy who wants to build through the high school recruiting. Which, mm-hmm. you know, as you if you know anything about Mickey Joseph, you know, he's a, he's a great recruiter. So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic of how his roster makeup is considering he won't have a full full class of high school guys because of when he got hired. Correct. Um, yeah, exactly. Focus on February. Focus um, on February, and I think you're going to have to focus on the portal a little bit too considering you're getting such a late start with the high school kids. Yeah. Um, I had another question, and it slipped my mind just that quick. Um, 
Oh, I know what it was. One question, uh, but another comment. Um, one of the things that uh, when people talked about the the uh, the the termination or the, the pardon of ways with uh, Coach uh, Coach Jackson was that hey, you know, he was great as far as um, preparing guys from the NFL. He was great for the. This is what I'm. Just hear me out. This is what people were saying. He was uh he at least put people in, in good positions. You know he had connections and stuff. You don't necessarily lose that with with Mickey. It's not like this huge drop off or anything. Um, because Mickey does have connections with the NFL. I know you're looking like you know saying who said that, but it it's it's been said. Um, Mickey does have connections with you know saying NFL. Uh, Mickey has experience. Mickey knows how to coach, can get players ready. So, go ahead. Whoever said that does realize that, like, who Doug Williams and, and Shaq Harris? I, I understand. I, I don't think it was so much saying that Grambling didn't have that before, they were just saying that. But my you know, thing is, like, while it might be true that Hugh might have had some connections with the NFL. That ain't why he got hired. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't. I don't think that. If anything, no, I don't think that's that's oh, not. I don't think that's the yeah. argument. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, no, it's not that. Oh, you know, saying oh, now Graham doesn't have a connection to the NFL. It was more or less that he was that. That was one thing he he was doing was helping to develop guys, or he was helping to you know say open those avenues, and he was giving. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean. Uh, Mickey Joseph's brother is a that, and that's why I said that. You know, what I'm saying that's it's not a drop off. It's you know he does have connections. If anything, and, and, yeah, if anything, it's even if it's it's even better of a connection because it's current connection and it wasn't from whenever I coached in the NFL right five years ago or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you like you said you're not losing anything no as far as the NFL connections and and honestly, we don't really know how much connections you still had in the NFL because he was. You know, he came out and said that, you know, the he was paid to, or offered to pay to he lose. Refused, games yeah, I know he, what you're saying. He refuted it, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah, but I'm but he but yeah. he came out with all that. So how many how many bridges did he burn when all that came out? You know what I mean. So who's to say what his connections were really like in the NFL? I'm not trying to you know knock you or nothing like that. I'm just saying at least we know for a fact Mickey Joseph got a brother who's in the NFL currently. Right. I agree. Um, and not to mention, he got a dude who he coached with at LSU, who's the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills right now. You know what I mean? So he's got he's got NFL ties in multiple ways. Um, where was Joseph coaching before this hire? Uh, was he jobless? Uh, anyways, he got a good opportunity. He, I know he, I think his last stint was at Nebraska. He was at Nebraska last year before they hired Matt Rule. Yeah, so I, I don't think interim, he. He was the interim head coach the, after they fired Scott Frost. Yeah, I don't think he did anything last season though, or this season that we're still in currently. Yeah, he said Coach O is his mentor. Please no. <laughs> maybe it's maybe in recruiting terms. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Mister Crawford, trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> Uh, uh, 
was about to say something. I was gonna get in trouble. No, no, no. Let me hit that disclaimer. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said he said that in the press. In the press. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if he, it depends on what he mean by in terms of his mentor. Like, if it's in terms of of how to build a coaching staff and a program, obviously. Coach was successful doing that. You know, he won a national championship doing that. So, I mean, if it, in terms of how to build a coaching staff, how to recruit for a championship kind of team, yeah, that ain't bad. But some of the off the field stuff, yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. So, oh, like, man. What's going on with this Texas Southern job? I'm glad he meant, uh, mentioned that. Uh, Alcorn is supposed to uh, make an announcement tomorrow uh, about their head coaching job. They got a press conference tomorrow, right? Yep. Alcorn has a press conference tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. If you if you take Southern and you – let's just say you, you miss out on McNair. Mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph was mentioned for the Texas Southern job. He's not off the board. Mm-hmm. Who you go with? And they missed out on Chinis Beer. They were the first off of Chinis Beer, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So who or was the first publicly that came out? Who you going with at that point? Um, I tell you a name that I heard uh, floating for the uh, Grambling job that it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Ted White. I can see that. Um, I don't know if he would go there. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep saying his name. Um, but um, <laughs> Mr. Crawler said uh, for the audio version, Mr. Crawler said Ed Reed. Um, but um. If I I don't know if he would go to, but it's a name I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep throwing out the KJ Black. I ain't heard his name mentioned for the test of the job. No, I'm saying I I I'm when I say a name I I keep hearing or oh, I'm gonna keep throwing out because a lot of people mention his name as far as um you know saying these coaching vacancies and stuff or or, or getting the opportunity. Um. Trying to think who else. I mean, I think Brett Max is the guy who I I've yeah. heard I heard his name early on in the search, but then it kind of fills it out. It kind of yeah, their name started coming back up. So I don't know. Um, if, I don't know if that's still on the table or what. But I mean, he did. Is that what is, is that? I'm finna, hold on. I'm just want to verify this name before I see the Texas Southern. Played in the NFL, coached in the NFL, like extensive coaching in the NFL and college coaching experience. So, and he coached in the, uh, was it XFL, I think? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got plenty of coaching experience. Coached for 30 years almost. So, I mean, qualified, I would assume, but I just hadn't heard much else about him. I'm trying to verify this. I always mess up his name. Mess up his name. Antoine Sewell, the DC at uh, Morgan State. Mm-hmm. 
But if you but if you're a Texas Southern, do you go the defensive route? I mean, you, at this point, you just gotta have a coach, right? I agree. Golly, Chuck. Golly, Chuck said Brett Max. I watched him play with the Saints in the 80s. God dang. <laughs> Chuck, boy, I tell you, Chuck be. He be on it, man. Cycle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I do got to mention. It's, it's uh, what's called now. I do got to mention. Um, we are now streaming on, on Instagram as well now. Um, so for those of you on the go, uh, well, I mean, you can watch on your phone now anyway on, on Facebook and Twitter. But we got Instagram as well. So, you know, say, share that with your friends. Let people know. Um but uh, oh, also, I was told because I was told I don't, uh, they don't ever hear me say anything about it. Um, you can listen to the audio version anywhere that you get your uh podcast, uh, any platform Apple, Amazon, Samsung. So, yeah, just want to make sure I put that out though. What else we got, man? Oh, we definitely got to talk about this Chris Paul HBCU uh, challenge or what is it called? Challenge Classic or whatever it is. Um, You had uh, four teams. You had North Carolina A&T, uh, Howard, Texas Southern, and uh, Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State went 2-0, beating both uh, A&T and Howard. Um, you had Texas Southern going 1-1. B. Howard. B. Howard lost to Ante. Um, and then you had um Ante went one and one and uh went two. Oh and two. Um I feel bad for Howard this weekend. <laughs> I just got yeah, they they had got, a rough weekend. <laughs> I think the funniest thing I saw was uh <laughs> um Yo, I talked, said, uh, the swag, uh, <laughs> the swag, what she said, something like the swag, uh, let how it happened everywhere but go, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it turned to every which way but loose, huh? yeah, it turned to every which way but loose. There you go, golly, but uh, yeah, that was uh, Jackson's they starting to turn that corner. Yeah, Mo Williams got them rolling right now. Yeah, um, Texas Southern they uh they may be ahead of the curve. They usually don't don't get started till around February. Wasn't that their first win of the season though? Was it? Oh, my tripping. I thought they won before that. They I could be tripping. Hold on, let me go see. Nah, bro, they won an eight. Maybe I spoke too soon. I thought they, I thought they had like they was on like three or four games. Either way, man, that's that's even worse for Howard. Mm, mm, mm. It's rough right now in the swag though. You got one, two, three, four, six teams with two wins a list. 
Mm-mm. Who your favorite right now in this week? No, I was just playing. <laughs> Jackson State, probably. Jeez. Jeez, jeez. Regular season, Jackson State. Conference tournament, Texas Southern. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah you're right. I'm taking Texas Southern. <laughs> um <laughs> from, five and five right now, though. So mm. we'll see. Reggie Theus. Coaching for a job. He ain't gonna fire himself. <laughs> he might need to. Uh, has he not seen what Ed Reed said about him? He might need to. I'm so glad Gremlin didn't hide him. <laughs> he might need to rethink his life. Um, all right, man. Um, I just want to say before we go, <clears throat> Mr. Crawley, tell your son thank you. He was on the board who helped pick a coach, and they didn't pick Ed Reed. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. We we, we get ready to get up out of here. I, I want to say um, thank you again to Coach Thornton for coming through. I, I, re- I truly enjoyed yeah. talking with him. Uh, learned a lot. I was ready. Listen, I almost I almost brought these ankles out of retirement, man. man Go out and play shoot, shoot against the. Oh my goodness! I watched him play. God, thank <laughs> you. That took. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't say he saw Coach Thornton play in college. No, hey, no, I, hey, I said Jesus. Yeah, I remember watching Jesus shoot the hoops with Moses back in the day. So you know everybody. Oh man. Um, speaking of, I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned my dad, Eric Rev, um, and his UAB PB connection. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Rev and, and, and Mrs. Rev. Happy anniversary, Rev. That um, guy to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I got to, yeah. Rev, Rev be a Ruby Tooth while you playing. You better get this, man. All you eat salad bar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he gonna go somewhere. Somebody gave him so some a free meal somewhere. That's where he going. Yeah, you you know it. You know it. <laughs> come, come on, Morrison's Piccadilly. The man Piccadilly. Baby, they hit the Piccadilly real quick. Yeah, you never give your senior citizen discount. Yeah. <laughs> why you play? Hey, why you playing? <laughs> hey, hey. Come on, come on, God. Like a, I'm gonna let Golden Corral. <laughs> it's state night. State night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here we go. Let's get up out here before I get in trouble, man. I get the call after the show. Oh, um, man. oh, oh, I do want to say before we get up out of here, um, Dr. Cavill announced, man, that his 500 episode is going to be his last one. Um, I know we're not there yet. We got a little time, but I and and I've seen what Light Zone has done, uh, like journalism awards and stuff, and they gave him the uh, lifetime achievement. Um, I want to tell Dr. Kavir personally, thank you so much, um, meeting with us, talking with us, uh, sharing advice. Uh, I know, I, I know, I got on Dr. Kavir nerve at least a time or two. Uh, I don't care. I'm gonna do it again. Um, but I, I do thank you, Doctor Cavill, for everything. It's it's not it doesn't go unnoticed. 
Um, and it means a lot to 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 me and and I can say us, but no, I let you speak for yourself. Definitely, no, I definitely echo them sentiments, man. He's been the voice of reason for pretty much this whole HBCU media space. He's been, um, like you said, great influence. Gave passed on a lot of wisdom to us, pointers here and there, showing us the way. And uh, man, we wouldn't be here where we are right now if it wasn't for him. So. Definitely uh, give him his flowers and, you know, tip a cap to him. Appreciate for everything he's done for us. All right, man. Um, Like that, man, we'll be back um, Thursday maybe. I think I don't think anything going on Thursday. Uh, we should be back in here. Um, we might have another special guest. Oh, yeah? If I can work somebody, we might we might have, a, have us a champion, man. I don't even know about this one. We might have us a, a a a celebration bowl champion or something, or we might have special guest or something. We gonna figure something out. We gonna get somebody on this thing. But uh, till then, man, like that, we out. This show was presented by BetOnline.ag. Bring me my money. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.